We don't do that here. But the Queen. The Gracie people are known for uh, jujitsu, right? Yeah, they're sort of like the. I don't know. You could say, I guess, the lineage of like Brazilian jujitsu or modern day Brazilian jujitsu. They're the people who kind of like really popularized it and showed its effectiveness. All right. I only know Ken Shamrock from wrestling. I know he was so into he... what shoot fighting or whatever it's called. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. He was primarily a wrestler. So like, if you watch those old UFC uh, fights. It's really weird because they would like you. They would have the wrestler come out and whatever stuff they normally would fight in, and then they'd have the jujitsu guy or the karate guy in like their gi. Yeah, I've seen some of those. A, sumo, a karate guy versus a sumo wrestler is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, those are the wild west days, man. Well, if Ken Shamrock's a wrestler and Gracie is a jujitsu guy. 36 straight minutes of grappling. I'm not saying that's easy, but it's not quite what I had imagined. It, they weren't punch. They weren't punching each other for 36 straight minutes. That's for sure. Yeah, I wouldn't expect they they are. That's a lot of a task of anyone. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a very high level grappling match. But you have to like you know you gotta be kind of a geek to appreciate what was what's happening because to the normal person they're just you know wrestle fucking each other right <laughs> um i don't know if he's gonna make it hmm shall we press on i suppose we shall um right. hopefully if he pops in great if not hopefully next time yep um maybe we could get some clips to cut in here and there but mm -hmm. let's do the thing fucking ultimate casual i said it backwards uh i think we should get a new uh, logo thing maybe something more uh i don't know mma themed what do you think yeah we definitely need some kind of brainstorming here something with like uh eight ounce or four ounce gloves rather yeah that's what i was thinking or something with an octagon yeah i tried get to, some merch going i tried to change it a little bit the on the edge of uh where it says fucking casual if there's octagons on the side of it that, but that's oh. it's a very small detail uh very important discussions on ultimate fucking casual and its evolution um, my name is Leo, joined by my good buddy here, Nathan. Chief is MIA, but that's okay. We're going to get into this real bit of news, this big bit of news, Nganu versus AJ boxing. Uh, so the PFL debut is deferred once again. And potentially deferred indefinitely. Uh, Nganu has been making comments to the effect of, like, I may not even fight in PFL this year. So um, I think it's safe to assume if he keeps winning in boxing, uh, it, I guess his PFL status will just remain as stockholder. Yeah, maybe the... <laughs> if By winning, it doesn't necessarily mean getting like decisions or knockouts. Just 
having success in the ring. That's really all that matters for Nganu at this point. I, there is gonna, I feel like that's going to plateau at some point where he's, you know, he's competitive with these guys, but at some point somebody's going to say, why don't, why aren't you winning? You're good. Obviously you've been able to do it this long. Why aren't you winning anything? Well, the thing is heavyweight. I mean, as we know, as boxing fans has been so shallow over the past decade. True. So he could get knocked out by Anthony Joshua, but then he could go turn around and fight like, I don't know, Zhang in China and have, you know, a non-zero chance of pulling off an upset. Yeah, and they're about the same age. Yeah. Huh. Or he could, you know, pick up like a someone like a Daniel Dubois who's, you know, continually underperformed. And, you know, he got, he got famous for just knocking, you know, guys out in a shallow uh, UFC heavyweight division. So, like, he could theoretically keep doing the same so long as he keeps delivering. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> there's uh, Robert Hellenius might be he's a uh, no oh yeah he would be knocked he out. would he would get helenius would get mauled yeah that's definitely the type of thing that that's the red meat that i, I think that more casual fight fans would need to see that they would need to have to keep riding the Nganu train oh do you expect this to go the distance i don't think so i do think joshua is gonna win um i mean the thing about joshua he's sort of you know lost a lot of his star power due to the usic losses but i mean he's actually even in those losses he did a lot of things to kind of tweak his game and adapt and improve like he's not been on a perpetual downslide since his first loss to Andy Ruiz. He he does seem like he has been trying to improve and stay at least in shape, unlike Fury. And his last fight, he looked pretty darn good. Yeah. For for his standards. Um so it I think if he comes out like that, I think he'll win. Um but I mean most boxing fans, myself included, have probably viewed him as Chenny, so it's like yeah, I mean, if he gets caught, he could get knocked out and he could lose right there. But um, I think Joshua will will try and put the pressure on him, and I think he will get the better of him as the fight goes longer. I was thinking that it it wouldn't be... it wouldn't. I don't think he would get hit or get caught the same way that Tyson Fury did because AJ, having seen this, having seen, obviously, the Nganu-Fury fight, is he's taking it seriously whereas Tyson Fury did not seem to be his head wasn't entirely in the game as that's the way it looked to me anyway he came in completely out of shape uh, just despite his oh I'm back the the return of the Mac or whatever the hell he says mm -hmm. when he rededicates himself to the sport but uh, I think AJ is going to take this seriously but I also have a nagging feeling that there that there's a there might be a script floating around somewhere that not necessarily Nganu's gonna uh, drop AJ or anything, but it's gonna I have a feeling it's gonna go the distance to help Nganu save face. Uh, still, whilst AJ still gets the win, and Nganu remains marketable. Mm -hmm. That's just my thinking. 
And okay. Eddie might set yeah. that up if he wants to, maybe if he wants to keep working with Nganu. Yeah, you know, I was just thinking about this fight and I just had a thought, like, how much do you rate Surreal Gone's boxing compared to Anthony Joshua's? Because Surreal Gone had a lot of success against Nganu and Nganu was hitting wind most of that fight. Yeah, the fight where uh, Gon's return after the the really strange performance with John Jones, he looked his hands like I was saying the whole time like this is really weird like I, this is not at all what I expected. He's his hands are really fast. Uh, he's really sharp with his punching. Uh, it looked it looks like he is trained. His hands are he uses boxing as his his technique for hand strikes it's really good yeah and he you know i i realize they're different a little bit different settings but you know it, and joshua's maybe not the more technical boxer i think we all thought fury was but even if fury didn't take into his conditioning into account um but i don't know just a little interesting little side thought there hmm yeah, same uh, with Tom Aspinall, and him being much younger, he could, if he were to switch over, then he would, I think, do really, really well in the shallow division. Like you said, there's not a whole lot going on. Tom is Tom could do phenomenal in boxing just for the fact that he he's not very long into his MMA career, and he's already made he's already one of the most well-rounded guys in his division. And I understand, you know, he's heavyweight's not got a lot to offer in terms of that, but just the growth of him as an athlete in that short span of time while also having a year layoff due to like a brutal leg injury. Career ending like, type of injury. Yeah, I mean, he, he definitely could have success in boxing if he chose to. Yeah, one, one guy that I, there's kind of a parallel here is uh, Tenshin Nasukawa who, yes, he got schooled by Mayweather. That was a long time ago, though. And mm -hmm. tension's grown a lot since then. And as he's, he's like, his third fight deep, and he's looking really good. He's And the way that he moves with his kickboxing and MMA background, his movement is really strange. And it really does seem like other fighters who are not, they're not scrubs or, like, low-level journeymen. They're pretty decent. They have decent records. They have winning records. And he has them completely confused. I really think Aspinall could do the same thing. Yeah, he, he could. But I will have to say, I really hope he doesn't. I'm really, as a fan of MMA, I'm tired of seeing these guys who are get to the peak of their powers and then immediately jump to do something else. Like... I, I get the motivations because obviously the UFC doesn't pay half what, what boxing could pay someone, but like selfishly speaking as a fan here, I want to see Tom Aspinall like push MMA further and push the UFC further, even if maybe the business doesn't deserve it. But I'd love to see him in that context. But, you know. I guess that's his decision. If he does go to ship to boxing, um, that would be exciting too. But I really do like watching him fight in MMA. Yeah, so. yeah, he he does. Like you said, he's really well rounded. So he he it's it would be, I don't know, maybe like seeing an 
like a tiger, really a beautiful beast in a cage. And you know if it were out in the plains, it would be so much more ferocious than what you're seeing. Limiting. But mm-hmm. maybe PFL, with all their Saudi money, can can start sniping. Yeah, maybe. Well, I don't know. They just lost, you know, Kayla Harrison to the Uf- UFC. That's so, right. you know, b- big loss there, you know. <laughs> uh all right, let's get into some recaps. Um, pretty light, so just f- fucking three. There's two M- uh, one Friday fights, as one FC is wont to do. There was zero information available until like a week later, and 165, which was in t- uh, Tokyo, which was pretty cool. Um, it was supposed to be Rod Tang that fucking Muay Thai monster but it instead got he, he had a, the fight was his spot was taken by Superlek who is the other fucking Thai beast and he fought uh, Japanese Venom Takeru Segawa it was for the kickboxing title and Superlek took that one so um, worth checking out if you uh, if you like watching people beat each other up speaking of which UFC 297. Uh, <laughs> why did I say speaking of which? Sp- not speaking. Speaking of not which. I don't know how to phrase this. Uh, <laughs> pretty dull. Pretty, pretty dull. Um, it's disappointing. Uh, I rem- we- I was in uh, the boxing Discord with a lot of people, and we were watching it because there was no boxing on that weekend. And everybody was like, man, like... I could have went out somewhere instead of watching this. <laughs> and like I was yeah. I was saying like man the, the, no I'm telling you these are going to be good. It's going to be a good one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have to admit I just looking at the slate of UFC cards coming up, this one just I felt like would have delivered something more than that. Yeah, definitely. Um and this turned into one of the bigger stinkers we've seen in a while. Um, the best fight on the card was, I think, a fight that would if bored most casuals to sleep anyway. Like, that was more of a hipster, like, you know, oh, defense rules, you know, type fight, you know, with the Duplessis and Strickland. Um, so this, yeah, it was a, a tough one. <laughs> tough one. Tough watch. Uh, if you paid for this card, I'm sorry. <laughs> you called Dana and asked for your money back. You should, you should. If he can get his hands on the on the phone with his oily fingers. Uh, right, so from the bottom up here, uh, Mozart Evloev, ranked ninth, gets the decision over Arnold Allen. Uh, disappointed in you, Arnold. I expected better from you. At the same time, Evloev beat Diego Lopez in his UFC debut, so him looking good makes that lost that victory and defeat for Diego better, but also uh, Evloev saying, like, I have no interest in a rematch. I want to get a title. Does bu- does bug me as a stand. <sighs> Chris Curtis, ranked 14th at middleweight, gets a split decision over Marc-Andre Barrio. Pretty... Uh, was this not noteworthy? Because I'm just... Com- I'm... Com- 
pulling up a blank here. I got nothing. Yeah, this was sort of a, like, you forgot what happened in the fight after it, it finished, honestly. The only, like, I thought Chris Curtis winning was a good sign because he trains with Sean Strickland. And I figured, oh, Curtis has won. He's, he's you know. Good camp. He's opening opening for his buddy, you know. Yeah. And uh, it, it didn't happen. So I think that was only the 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 good vibes did not translate <laughs> maybe if he was uh maybe if he was co-main event but i guess not uh neil magny ranked 13th at welterweight stops mike malott now i would like to uh, offer a quick uh highlight for you first dear listeners to check out it's a boxing one but it's um jerron o'quinn most his most recent win was a come from behind knockout is getting his ass completely beat for the entirety of five rounds every single second he was losing until that one single punch and i feel like that's a perfect parallel for what we saw with neil magny here um i don't maybe you recall nathan we were talking about it when i think his last fight where he was really susceptible to calf kicks and something that I had pointed out was that Neil Magny has, they're referred to as sprinter's calves, where they, they're balled up higher up on the leg. Mm-hmm. And once again... There's less protection for those. Yep. He can't absorb the kicks as well, because it's going more directly to the bone, and that shit fucking hurts. So, Neil Magny, once again, was susceptible to leg kicks. It's, uh, it's an unfortunate reality for him. But, wow. Comes from behind for... For the dub, how much time was left when he got it? Because I feel like it was really close, like last minute. Um, I think it was two within the last two minutes. Okay. Good times. All right, Neil Magny. Great. Keep doing whatever it is you're doing, man. Raquel Pennington ranks second. Wait. Did I see that this was for a title? This it, was... N- yeah, she's the Was champ. it for a title? It is. Oh, shoot. Okay, it was. Yeah, I think she. it was a vacant one. And Myra Bueno Silva ranked third. That's the, that's the lady who choked Holly Holm out. But uh, the, this fight choked me out. I, I fell asleep. I didn't really fall asleep, but fuck, it was not very entertaining oh, it was fairly one-sided yeah uh there was not any comp any real competitive edge coming back from silva i mean it was just pennington one-way street yeah but at the same time pennington not being able to really pour it on and finish half an opponent yeah uh so with that the main event Drikus, Drikus, Drikus duplessis um, I, I think was, it's Drickus. Drickus? Drickus Duplessis. I need to figure out the Afrikaans pronunciation. Regardless, uh, he comes in at rank, ranked second and gets a split decision over Sean Everyman Strickland. So, Leo, I know a lot of people in that night in the boxing Discord were all pulling for Sean. Um, did you have a problem with the scoring of this fight? Um, I don't recall. 
having an issue with it. Because if, mm. if I did, it would have stood out. Yeah, I think live, I had it how the... Uh, I know there was some weird... I think there was some weird scoring in the judges' cards, but I had it 3-2 uh, to to Duplicy. So did I. Um, I remember that much. But there's been quite a bit of uh, controversy about that. A lot of people were very upset about it, which I was kind of surprised that uh, Strickland would have that kind of fan reaction. But um, a lot of people crying robbery for this one. And as much as I hate to see Strickland lose, um, I, I mean, I think the, the decision was fair. Yeah, uh, I was talking with uh, Drip about it on B-Sides for a bit. Um, and same thing is that Strickland started out really well. So like 3-2, like Strickland with the first two. And then once uh, Duplessis figured out how to get around and over the shell and start work the body, work the legs, like, man that there's only so much a Philly shell can protect you from and you're not adapting to anything. Yeah. He didn't adapt until the fifth round. And the only way he really can is just by turning up the pressure. And yeah. he did in that fifth round, he was very successful, but it's like at that point it was sort of too little, too late. He, he needed a knockout or at least a knockdown. And Sean just doesn't have that kind of power. He, he sort of is in the position where he needs to decision you. Um, which is really hard to do in a five-round fight. It's different than boxing, where you have twelve rounds to kind of accumulate. Right. Uh, you know, you can bank points in, in the back of your pocket. You can't really do that in MMA. Yeah, five by five does definitely make for a different game plan. And Strickland, uh, it, he had the pressure up on Adesanya, right? Is mm -hmm. he kept him kept his back to the cage the whole time, but Duplessis stood his ground and. Uh, I remember his overhand right being it just, once it found Sean's chin, it just did not stop landing. Mm -hmm. It was pretty wild how how that was just like a textbook haymaker, a sloppy haymaker that a shell type of defense should be able to block or at least avoid. But I don't know what's going on there. Well, at this point, this is just Duplessis style. He has this very, he, he looks like he's doing everything wrong, but all his punches land anyway. This <laughs> is kind of the same thing with Robert, Robert Whitaker. He's throwing these haymakers that someone with a really high fight IQ like Whitaker should be able to avoid. But the way the tempo that he fights at is just at such a different pace than most people are accustomed to. It's not orthodox by any means that it throws people off. And it that's what makes Drykus dangerous as a striker, is that there's there's an element of unpredictability to it. My head is saying that there was whenever Strickland tried to come in or close distance, that was it Drykus that was capitalizing on that? Um, I think it was more when when Sean kind of was holding it mid-range. And he was when he allowed uh, Duplessis to take take the pace of the fight. That's when he suffered the most. And when Sean imposed his pace, the the rules flipped. Yeah. Do you think they're going to rematch? Not immediately, but Sean's still 
despite losing, he had some really good moments in that he fight. Did. I mean, his defense was spectacular in the first round and even throughout the fight. Like he he ate a lot of leg kicks due to his style. <clears throat> but I mean, he avoided all of the the really major damaging power punches to the head and he or he's at least able to absorb them or like kind of roll with the punch. So he still, I mean, looks like a you know, like he could hang around the top of the division. Um but I can't imagine they they make it next. Um, in fact, one of the rumored main event fights for UFC 300 would be Israel Adesanya versus uh, Duplessis for the title. And for so I think the the hero of Africa. Yeah, yeah. The I guess the real we just needed a race fight? war added. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We just needed a race war added to <laughs> UFC 300. Um. Um, so Duplessis, he, he beat Strickland, <clears throat> he beat Whitaker. The only other names, the rankings are Strickland at one, Adesanya at two, Whitaker three, Cannoneer four, and Vettori five. And then you have Shemaev down the list, don't you? Number or nine. Is, they will, they will leap him to a title ASAP. He's yeah, he's a name. I know everybody likes to call him Cum Shot. Yeah. <laughs> Chief especially. Yeah, it's very clever. <laughs> yeah, I would uh I would expect he gets a shot think, before those if, other guys. If, well, I think Adesanya will probably get the shot first, but they might Sean might have to fight uh Shemaev next. And that might be the UFC's like, you know, quick fix to getting Shemaev a title shot. Because he's just so marketable, especially with, uh, you know, kind of the Middle Eastern, the Muslim world, like just with what the inroads Habib and Islam have made to kind of that side of the world, you know, yeah, he's sort of ready, ready made to be a, a global star from that perspective. Hmm. So marketing wise, I think middleweight's kind of screwed. Like, I feel bad for guys like costa and allen like they're they're not going to get their rightful shot or even cannoneer maybe i mean they're gonna they're gonna be making a lot of uh business decisions with their matchmaking soon yeah that's uh kind of what ufc does that's what they're known for and it, it it's weird how just as a boxing parallel how people bitch about sanctioning bodies that do that it's, i don't know it is funny that is it, the perception of the UFC from the fan perspective is the opposite. Yep. They're like, oh, the UFC makes, and they do to a, to a to a large extent. You know, they make really high level contender fights. They make people actually uh, work their way up the gonna, rankings. They make for it. yeah yeah they make the the champion uh, fight number one and number two consistently, but they're a dictatorship. So at the flip of a switch they can just say, well, screw that. We don't care. We're going to make this fight. Yeah. Or Dana will say, oh, so-and-so doesn't want the fight, so we had to give it to this other guy. Yeah, or like, okay, you guys want to see, uh, for example, Duplessis versus Vettori. Nope, we're going to do Shemaev in Dubai. Sorry. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Because, yeah, it's more money. Uh, that's and like that's what boxing sanctioning bodies do as well. It 
<laughs> I'm not sure why. I'm not sure what what is the is it just that it's the perception that UFC is doing that for the sake of the fans? Because typically, why if the the more profitable fight was not a one or two contender consistently, then they would consistently not fight the one or two contender. Isn't that the case? Well, most times it doesn't work out that way. But when you have like a division here where like middleweight, where the, the competition sort of staler, they're all older guys that have all sort of seen each other once or twice, they will kind of, they'll start, they'll, they'll start going backwards on their stuff. Or like a great example is heavyweight. John Jones is injured and yet they are going to keep, um, they're going to let him retain the title and make Aspinall defend his interim belt. And then they're not even going to give Aspinall John's return fight. They're going to make him wait till after Stipe. Right. And that's totally a, a business decision of we want to headline John Jones as the heavyweight champion in a fight that we can market as this is for the legacy of the greatest heavyweight of all time. Even if it's not true, they can market it like that. Right. Um, and so, you know, Aspinall gets screwed. And whereas with middleweight, I think most fans won't care about like someone like Jared Cannonier or Marvin Vittori getting passed over. They do care about Tom Aspinall getting passed over because it's very obvious which one is the exciting fighter and which one isn't. Yeah. <sighs> Goddamn business. Um, shit. Anything more to... Can we milk middleweight a little more? Dana, I need advice. How do we do this? I don't know. We need uh, we need some like Dagestani like guest to come on the show, and then <laughs> that's how we would do it. We need to start recruiting. Uh, well, points. It's one to zero. <laughs> that's all we got. Woohoo! Yeah. Starting off the year right. Oh, shit. Is there... Man, and it's a light preview block as well. The There's a f one Friday Fights number 50. As is tradition, there is no information available. Uh, UFC Fight Night on the 3rd. This one's headlined by uh, Dolidze and Imavov. I have a special tag here at the bottom because this is on the prelims. It's Molly McCann versus Diana Belbita. Oh dear. Yeah, I was man, I had this one tagged for Chief. I wanted to I wanted him to riff on McCann for a little while. For better or worse. Literally went from main event to like untelevised prelim. Yep. Yeah, that's what I wanted to point out. I was like, "Holy shit. <laughs> you get embarrassed in your hometown." The metaphorical hometown and yeah congratulations uh let's bottom up gilbert urbina versus uh charles ratke hmm. walter waits oh fuck aliaskab kizriev versus uh, mahmoud muradov middleweights vivian araho versus natalia silva Flyweights, ranked 7th and 9th. Randy Brown versus Muslim Salikov. Welterweights, 
Renato Moicano, 13th versus Drew Dober, 15th at lightweight. Is Drew Dober the one that got fucking bulled over in like a minute? No, he was actually the one doing the bowling over Okay, on old Ricky Glenn. Yeah, that's where I remember him from. He was in that one. And then uh, Dully's 8th and Imabov 11th at middleweight. So, 8th and 11th. Doesn't look like they're going to be getting title shot anytime soon. Well, I think if there was a chance for someone to move up, it would be Delize. Um Imanov's last fight was against Strickland, and that's where he completely gassed out and, like, was completely turning away from Strickland and got... I mean, you get knocked out by Strickland. I mean, that's that's not good. That's, that's yeah. not a very good testament to your... Floyd Mayweather your cardio stoppage. or your chin yeah essentially <laughs> um so if there's someone ooh, this is interesting um Roman Delitze's ring name is the Caucasian oh well he's from the Caucasus Caucasus the mountain ah, range okay learn something new every day interesting um <laughs> Yeah, if there was someone to capitalize off of this, uh, it, I think it would be Delice. Because Imanov just seems like he could get... He could get knocked out. Turning away. Yeah, there was a, a weird situation. Just want to throw out a quick little uh, little pluggy plug here for myself, kind of. But I, I got a chance to attend the golden boy card last weekend mm -hmm. for Jaime Munguia and there was a situation where one of the fighters uh, Christina Cruz was fighting Gabby Fandora and she did the same thing where like she kind of hunched over and turned away and uh, they, when we got a chance to, at the post fight talking with Gabby was like what what, like, what do you make of that what do you make of that stoppage like, well I don't know I don't know what's wrong with her but she's hunching over and like trying to walk away from me. Something tells mm -hmm. me that something's not right. Yeah, I feel like stuff like that's like a mental break, even if it's subconscious. They're like, yeah. they're they're mentally tapping when yeah. when you do that. Yeah, that's a very good way to put it. Like trying to I mean, just ball up on the ground and protect your vitals. Yeah, because I mean, everyone says like you know protect yourself at all times like there you are not protecting yourself in any way when you turn your back to your opponent it's the opposite yeah you know even if you're trying to cover yourself up you're this is a, a skilled person that knows how to get around it and they're gonna mess you up that yeah that says a lot about Imavov there i don't know i haven't seen that happen very often I think Christina Cruz might have been like the third time. Yeah, it's it is rare, yeah. and especially in MMA because with the the lighter gloves, you tend to get like put on your ass before you have a chance to even like quit. You know what I mean? Oh, uh, let me uh, correct myself because that shit happens all the time in bare knuckle. <laughs> it happens oh. way too much, like. The the one that made like when I decided I'm not gonna watch BKFC anymore. Uh, some uh, it was a women's fight and the challenger got hit on the eye, 
with a straight up knuckle on the eye. And uh, from what I heard, she had some uh, permanent damage. Oh no. And so she like hunched over and turned around and the ref didn't stop it. <laughs> hmm. Yep. Ugh. I know there have been a lot of like uh, questionable no referee stoppages in uh, in BK. Like they'll just let it keep going. Yes. And it's like, what's happening? The person's deceased. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what happens. Is like they're standing up against uh, the ropes or fence, whichever they're using at that for that event, and they're just getting wailed on, and nobody's doing anything. That was something that Drip and I were talking about. Is like at some point, uh, corners need to step it up, because if the ref's not doing it, you're that's one of your duties. I would say that's your prime duty, is ensuring like the safety and welfare of your fighter is paramount to everything. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, agreed. Uh, so hopefully Imavov doesn't. He gets a male dog in him gets the bitch up out of him <laughs> uh, I don't recognize anybody else on the undercard except Molly McCann and I only really brought her up to dunk on her that was it so fight night on the 10th okay bottom up Rodolfo Vieira versus Armin Petrosian I remember his name. Michael Johnson versus Darius Flowers. Recognize him. Brad Tavares versus Gregory Rodriguez. Robert Brychek versus Albert Turayev. Dan Ige, 13th versus Andre Feely, 14th at Feather. Jack Hermanson, 10th versus Joe Pfeiffer, middleweights. Now, something that I don't think a lot of people know is that Joe Pfeiffer came from nothing. I don't know if you knew that. I didn't know that, yeah, but now I do. I a, assume that's something he he tells everyone. He says it over and over again. Every time I've seen him, which is at least twice right now. He just repeats it nonstop. I came from nothing. Well, I imagine he'll be saying at the end of this fight because I think he's got a very good chance of winning. And the only reason I say that is because he recently broke uh, Francis Ngannou's record on the punch cube thing for most powerful punch. How is that possible for a middleweight? I don't know, but he did it. What um, I don't know about, I'm not, what is the punch cube? And so there's like this, like, I don't know. It's one of the, it's like, you know, when they have the little boxing thing. Is it like the, the bar the guys game? Hit it. Yeah, yeah, it's like that. But this there's this fight cube thing the MMA guys hit uh, and sometimes like Joe Rogan has a a thing of it and uh, it's supposed to scientifically measure how powerful the strike is and he I don't know hit it I don't know the, the numbers are, I feel like are made up so like Ngannou's punch was like 129,161 units whatever that means and Pfeiffer hit 170,000 units, essentially. Wow. Um, does that mean anything? I don't think so, but it's cool. 
Uh, yeah, it's a talking point, I suppose. Uh, I know in for that boxing one, it's like that ball that comes down. That, yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Uh, De Deontay Wilder got outscored by Javante Davis by a little bit. Mm -hmm. But it was... I, I, that was kind of shocking. My favorite um, was when they had Errol Spence do it, and he hit it, and they see the number and like, hey, did you know Mikey Garcia hit it harder? And this was like a day before he fought Mikey. And I mean, like, I don't know, you should ask after the fight who who thought the other hit harder. <laughs> it doesn't seem like Mikey's hard hits were all that consequential. Yeah, so I, I don't know. It feels like, I don't know, those machines just exist to, there's, I don't know, for us to have content on yeah, a slow week. It's... <laughs> Yeah, that there it's just like silly shit for when dudes are being bros or whatever. Just something to talk about. I did one once. I was at uh I was in Vegas for a fight with uh some friends. And we were at a bar doing it. Everyone was hitting it and then like I was kind of sitting back like, "Oh, oh this is kind of lame. I don't really want to." And like, no, come on. Everyone did it. You have to do it. All right, fine. And then, like, I get a much higher score than everyone else. It's not that it was impressive. It was just better than everyone's. Look, you guys don't know how to throw a punch. That's all this really means. It's not that mm -hmm. I'm, like, I'm not the next bronze bomber. Well, you never know. I mean, have you compared your score to Deontay Wilder's score? <laughs> Uh, if I remember mine correctly, uh, it was higher than his, but not higher than Tank's. Hmm. Okay. I f I'm kind of surprised, like, Wilder actually hit the bag. I feel like he would miss and hit the top of it and just shatter the <laughs> machine. Or his entire, all of his, all the bones in his uh, oh, yeah. right arm. Realistically, realistically, his entire arm would shatter if that happened. But I choose to believe he would just destroy the machine. That's weird. That's my head cannon. <laughs> he doesn't have. He has like pins or something or screws in his in his hand, and I've never, I haven't heard of him having hand problems in a long time. Do you think? I, that's Malik actually Scott? a good point. Like I have not have something to do with that. Maybe. Well, I mean, they finally he finally got a trainer that wasn't gonna spike his water. I mean, he could do wonders when you get the the, <laughs> the right people. the rats out of your camp, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Extra lead in the costume. Oh, that is something that Wilder would do. Like literally would drink lead to make his like uh bones stronger. <laughs> It sounds like his like something he would actually do. Yeah, if I if I eat gunpowder, I'll have more explosive punches. Mm. Genius. Oh, I'd do it <laughs> if it actually worked. Like I, I guess I'll give it a shot. Uh, one thing before we wrap up, the three hundred main. We were talking about this before we started. What? is oily dana what do you think is cooking that's a good question um i know 
Dana always hypes everything, but the way he's been talking about this fight, it's supposed to be something really special, something the fans would only see coming, like, would never see coming, right? Um, and I just don't know what that could be. Um, because even if they did something like Pereira versus Adesanya 3, that makes the most sense to me. That's not a, that's a very, like, expectable fight i guess yeah. is the way to say it um if it was connor versus chandler that would just be surprising because everyone's been saying it's going to happen on international fight week so i i really am stumped i don't know um what exactly they are cooking here assuming they're not just burning the dish vladimir so. klitschko is gonna fight Brock Lesnar. Ugh, I'm down. Uh, that sounds horrible. It's oh, there, he's announcing the fight. It's Vince McMahon versus his sexual assault allegations <laughs> versus jury of his peers. <laughs> oh, that would be. Oh, that kind of reminds me of the meme where they say it's they have the UFC uh, like fighter face-off cards. And it's like Francis Ngannou versus nine uh, Demetrius Johnsons or nine Henry Cejudo's or whatever. <laughs> um, that would be cool to kind of see like a tag team mob. I think um, one of the first boxing AMAs on uh, the subreddit that I saw, I don't remember who they were asking, but they said, would you rather fight one Tyson Fury-sized Roman Gonzalez or 10 Roman Gonzalez-sized Tyson Furies? That's a really good question. Yeah, I, I might have to go with the uh, the 10 because Roman G at a very large size is not a good not good news for anyone. <sighs> yeah, that would be bad. Mm. But back to the topic at hand i really i'm kind of stumped i really don't know what they're doing it the way it's being discussed doesn't line up to anything that makes sense in my mind like even if it was like tom aspinall versus stipe like that'd be cool but like would we be like shocked and like you know literally crying our eyes out in amazement <laughs> Uh, I'm looking at the the divisions. Um, I'm maybe Khabib comes out of retirement for something. So that would be shocking, but that's mostly because it would be Ramadan then. Oh shit, that's right. Which maybe I mean that would be insane if he went and fought someone mid Ramadan. Well, if the camp concludes beforehand, it might be all right. And I know GSP has been shooting down uh, any kind of rumor that it, it's he's involved in any way. I can't see anything on here. Volkanovski has something scheduled. Sean O'Malley has something scheduled. Is Leon Edwards due for something? 
Well, he said a couple months ago that he was going to fight on UFC 300. And the rumor, though, was that he was going to fight Bilal Muhammad. That can't be the main event. No, definitely not. That would not. be, there's, there's no shot. Um, what if, oh, here's a, maybe Leon versus McGregor? Is that possible? I think. Because, I mean, there's been talk about McGregor fighting a weight class up, fighting out welterweight. Perhaps. Hmm. That would actually be kind of wild. Leon Edwards versus Conor McGregor. Because then Conor would be coming back with a chance to become a three-weight champion. And I don't know if anyone's done that in the UFC yet. That is pretty nuts. Uh, Leon Edwards versus Bilal Muhammad in the West Bank. In the West Bank? Yeah, nobody's going to see that coming. And nobody's probably going to see it because the <laughs> ring's going to get destroyed before the fight even happens. <laughs> yeah, that's... uh, <laughs> Man... Little did we know there were actually Hamas militants under that ring. Very, you just have to trust the IDF on that one. Yeah, the it was set, the ropes were actually explosives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, just trust uh trust our good friends IDF. Uh, yeah. UFC 300, a bit of an enigma, but we should we should have an announcement this week if Dana White is to be believed and he's not to be believed. So it's really a coin flip. Uh, if, I, I expect it's going to be underwhelming now that he's been really jazzing it up here. I don't think it's going to live up to the expectations that he's setting. You think it could be like Adesanya versus Drykus? Yeah, something fucking everyone would have expected. But we didn't expect it because he told us not to expect the pick. Mmm, over it's, psychology. He's fucking... Mm. It's misdirection. Hmm. What if it's Tyson Fury? Ooh, man that he has mentioned wanting to get into MMA. That would be surprising. That would that would surprise me. Yes, that would very much be surprising. But who would he fight? Cyril Gaon? Um, Aspinall? Cyril Gaon, maybe. Gaon would actually be an ideal opponent because he, Gaon's not going to try and shoot a takedown on him. Right, he's going to stand with him, which is really foolish, but what ifs? Oh, I forgot about this rumor. So I've heard that... Oh, and really? Okay, so DC, unfortunately, parroted this. Conor McGregor versus Nate Diaz 3. Is that worth relitigating? No, it's not. <laughs> uh, but DC thinks it is. Uh, that's company man talk. It... it 
I mean, if you wanted to be really cynical about it, um, those names would sell. But Nate would get, I mean, he probably wouldn't survive the first round. Is Nate the one that fought Jake Paul? Yes. Okay. Yeah, he probably wouldn't. He's... Like, the, the, ti- the time for that trilogy is come and gone. Yeah, he's pretty punchy these days. At least that's the way he looked to me. But I guess it does make sense that um, if they wanted to do Connor v. Chandler in June and Connor was like, hey, give me a warm-up fight before then, I mean, this is the definition of a warm-up fight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, an extra camp to get in shape. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be a good one. That would, I, I won't lie, I'll be disappointed if that happened. That would kind of suck. Yeah, I don't know if I would want to see anything that brings back old names. Yeah, especially the ones that are showing the wear and tear. Hmm. Well, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Yep. wrap-up thing. I'm gonna cut that in right about. Let's get all of this shit out of the way. So if you'd like to check out more stuff from the Lux Media Network at large, you can go to lvxmedia.net. Uh, all the shows are there. I'm trying to spruce things up a little bit, so I would be very much interested to hear uh, some feedback if you'd like. Uh, the number 833-LUX-PODS uh, if you text or call, it's anonymous. Uh, if you call, it goes straight to voicemail. So I, I can uh, cut your audio in if you'd like. Oh, other shows. Social media shit is LVX Media Net on everything. If you can't find it, we're not on it. And huh, I think that's gonna do it. All right, let's get let's uh, let's get wrapped up. There. So. And Nathan, parting words. Um, looking forward to see Dana White oiled up for not having released the MMA or UFC 300 main event. I hope he uses uh, like something that's really, really not good for his skin. So he comes out extra like purple and red in his next press conference. That's not mm. oil. It's not oil, no. but we could we could throw maple syrup on him too. Yes, ketchup, whatever. Nickelodeon slime. Oh, uh, they should slime him. Slime him. I'm, I'm gonna call Nickelodeon now. I, I'm gonna call the UFC now. I don't understand why why we don't slime the winner of every UFC championship <laughs> fight. Oh. Oh shit, the Super Bowl's coming up. That's gonna be the Nickelodeon slime thing that they do. Oh no, I forgot that was a thing. <laughs> it's. I think if it gets kids watching, I guess that's fine. I don't really care either way, but whatever. 
Okay, so yeah, part my parting words are bring on the slime. <laughs> That's yeah, parting on the same ones. Uh, fuck Tyson Fury. Yeah.